employees are having a moment and employees are much more of an important audience for CMOs than in the past. I recently traveled across the globe and hosted CMOs in a series we call The Future of Branding. And when I asked them about their commitments, you might be surprised to learn that many of them focused on what you would dub internal marketing as where their commitments began. They didn't start with, we're doing this in external marketing campaign. They focused much more on getting our house in order and making sure our employees are aligned. So I see a significant shift. All of this lends itself to the need for the CMO to collaborate much more with HR. So I'm seeing much greater interest in internal marketing on the part of CMOs. Welcome to the Internal Marketing Podcast, the unique podcast series that flips the marketing conversation from external to internal, exploring all the ways that companies can build the brand and drive growth by engaging and empowering its employees to become effective ambassadors of the company brand. I'm your host, Carrie Ann Stimson, and I'm very happy to bring you this episode where we'll be talking about how you can incorporate internal marketing into your marketing strategy. But first, do you wonder if your internal emails are being read and engaged with? Then take a look at Workshop. It's the number one email platform for internal communications that integrates with all your favorite comms channels and data sources. With a tool like Workshop, you can easily track the results of your emails with real-time analytics. You can cross-post your messages to the channels your team uses the most, like Slack and SharePoint, and you can discover what content performs the best so you can improve your strategy over time. Go beyond open rates to measure the effectiveness of your internal emails. Learn more at useworkshop.com. Now, let's jump into this conversation with my featured guest, Margaret Malloy. Margaret is a CMO executive advisor and the recent global CMO at Siegel & Gale. And she'll be sharing about how you can incorporate internal marketing into your overall marketing strategy. Margaret, thank you so much for joining me on the Internal Marketing Podcast. How are you? Rianne, what a treat. I'm very well. Today I am in New York and thrilled to be with you. I've been listening to your show and really proud of you and the conversations you are having. Well, let me tell you, the honor is mine to have you as a guest on my show. Uh, it's just been a wonderful journey being a podcaster, but the best part is engaging with wonderful folks like yourself. And Margaret, I know that this discussion is going to be great because I'm happy to be speaking with a fellow CMO. And yes, you're in New York. I'm here in Kingston, Jamaica. So the power of the internet to keep us connected. But it's always great to talk with a fellow CMO and particularly around the topic of internal marketing. So, of course, Margaret, I like to start off discussions like this with a level setting type of a question. But before I do so, I just want to remind everybody about the working definition that we're going to be using as part of this internal marketing conversation. And it's the definition of internal marketing, which quite simply is the process of engaging or employees in the mission, the vision, the purpose, the products, the services of the brand with a view to empowering them to become advocates of the brand. And um, 
I know I get question marks every time when I have this conversation because the question about engaging and empowering employees to be advocates uh, is an interesting one, but usually it doesn't sit in the marketing function. It's usually seen as internal comms, perhaps, or even better yet, HR or the people function. But as a CMO yourself, Margaret, along your journey and speaking with as many CMOs as you have through your show, and I know we're going to get into those details later, what in your view or or why in your view, I should say, do you believe internal marketing is important? Well, thank you for the question, Carrie-Anne. And I believe it is critical for two reasons. The first one is brand. And when I'm asked to define brand, I say brand is promise kept. And in the vast majority of organizations, the keepers of that promise are indeed the employees. The second reason why I believe it is so crucial is the other lens through which we view opportunities, and that is simplicity. Marketers have the capacity, if they're engaged, to help simplify the employee experience, which yields results for the brand. And we have conducted studies on this. I refer your viewers and listeners to the Siegel and Gale page under the ideas. We launched a a report called Simple and Work. And would you believe it, Carrie Ann? Only one in four employees across the world, 15,000 people, nine countries, only one in four find their places of employment simple. There's a huge correlation between people who find their organization simple and folks who ultimately become brand ambassadors. So huge opportunity, two lenses, brand and simplicity. I love that. And and I love how you started out by talking about brand is a promise kept because that's the thing as marketers in our work every single day, when we speak to our customers and our prospective customers, we make promises and we say, you know, hey, why don't you do business with us? Because this is what we'll provide. This is a value proposition that we have. And then what happens is, is that customers engage uh, with our brands. They come in, they do business with our companies, whether they buy a product or they uh, get served by us if we're in the services industry. And what they're really doing is they're finding out whether or not the promise that we've made has been kept. And uh, I love the fact that you're making that reference to the fact that brands are, are a promise kept and especially recognizing that our employees are the ones who are delivering on those promises or not every single day. And you know, Margaret, again, you've been speaking to so many CMOs over the years, and I'd love to get your perspective. Why do you think that internal marketing uh, doesn't get the love? I'd like to say, I don't think it gets the love that it should be getting from more CMOs and more marketing leaders across the world. What's your perspective? Well, carry on. My perspective has changed a little. Because I've observed an increased interest in internal marketing, although they may not label it that way, on the part of CMOs. And there are a few reasons for it. For example, during COVID, marketers played a much larger role in communications internally, and much of that responsibility has stayed with them. One key reason is now we are in a very tight labor market in many countries. 
and employee engagement specifically has become a boardroom issue, not least because of opportunities for improvement in organizations around diversity, equity, and inclusion, as well as on the investing side, ESG investing. So those are reasons why it's top of mind right now. We see it in particular at Siegel and Gale when companies come to us looking to refresh their brand or when there's a merger and acquisition and the CMO is very mindful of what I characterize as the employees as stakeholders. There's a much more expansive view at the moment of stakeholders. Of course, customers are important. Investors are important. The community, but increasingly. So I find great excitement in that. Employees are having a moment and employees are much more of an important audience for CMOs than in the past. I'll give you an anecdotal perspective. I recently traveled across the globe to six different cities and hosted CMOs, 39 total, in a series we call The Future of Branding. And I asked them a variety of questions around diversity, equity, and inclusion. Specifically, Harry ann the topic of our conversation was inclusive storytelling. And when I asked them about their commitments, you might be surprised to learn that many of them focused on what you would dub internal marketing as where their commitments began, around tracking performance, activating employees, engaging with employees. So that's really interesting. They didn't start with, we're doing this in external marketing campaign. Gosh, no. They focused much more on getting our house in order and making sure our employees are aligned. So I see a significant shift. And a final point, you can tell I'm very enthusiastic about this. This Yes, indeed, I love it. Yeah, and we're seeing quite a shift in the work environment. Therefore, the move to hybrid work and remote work, all of this lends itself to the need for the CMO to collaborate much more with HR. And CMO brings that talent around storytelling and the potency of storytelling, as well as an understanding of digital channels and tools. So I'm seeing much greater interest in internal marketing on the part of CMOs, Carrie Ann. That is indeed wonderful. And I, and I appreciate the fact that, again, your perspective in speaking with CMOs from across the world and employees as, a, as stakeholders, I think, is such an interesting point. Could you share with us perhaps an example of a brand, a company that seems to be doing a very good job at engaging and empowering their employees in the brand and to be advocates of the brand as well? Certainly. And I would say as a macro statement, there is quite a lot of difference across sectors. So, for example, companies that are focused on communications, media connectivity tend to have a greater emphasis on employees as advocates and in particular the professional services sector. One client of ours comes to mind, KPMG the large audit, tax, and advisory firm. And they engaged Siegel and Gale a little while ago to basically refresh their brand. 
So we worked with our client to refresh the brand identity, to create a much more inclusive color palette, to help them articulate a compelling brand purpose. And we settled on let insights reveal new opportunities. But what's really interesting here is the work extended to not stopping at the customer component, but rather to articulating what we call an employee value proposition. And in that context, we settled on opportunity is everywhere. So you have the brand purpose that's focusing on let insights reveal opportunities for all the external stakeholders, but for the employees, the value proposition that they articulated was opportunity is everywhere. And they came across that through working with us on extensive interviews with employees. And of course, now with that in place, there is a variety of programs in place around activating that value proposition from recruitment through to all of the employee experience touch points and leadership training. So it's a really good example of a company that took advantage of the desire to refresh their brand to also visit with the employee value proposition. I love that phrase, employee value proposition, because we're, again, the amount of time that we invest very, very much so, very much so, uh, importantly, that we invest in ensuring that our value proposition to our customers is very well defined. Having a value proposition for employees is so powerful. Uh, are you able to speak? I mean, I know, I know they are clients and we don't want to give away too much of the goods, but since that refresh and, and that whole change on focus and an enhanced focus on employees as stakeholders and the, their value proposition that they wanted to build out and share with them, can you say what the impact and the results have been uh, for them, perhaps a, a little bit tangibly? Uh, that you would that you would have seen taking place in the brand and in the team generally there? Certainly. Well, it's early days, but from talking to the client, yes. they, they tell me that it's been very well received and now they are exploring all of the employee touch points to make sure that the brand is coming to life in each of these situations. What I would say in general terms when working with clients in this area if we think about brand champions, it's a really good way to think about successful outcomes. So, for example, we have a methodology whereby we go into an organization and help them identify what percentage of their employees are brand champions. And we plot employees along two axes, knowledge and commitment. So the classic two by two. And through very robust surveys, we essentially establish what percentage of employees are in each of the four quadrants. Brand champions are the employees who are both knowledgeable of the brand and committed to it. That's the population where you want most of your employees to reside. Now, in many organizations, when we go in at first, the all four quadrants are populated. There are the um, the wildcard employees who are very committed to the brand, but they don't have the knowledge. Then they are the bystanders who are neither committed nor knowledgeable. And of course, 
we have those who are essentially disengaged altogether. And all of these employees have opportunities for improvement. And the brand works with us in developing various interventions to move as many of the employees into the brand champions quadrant as possible. One of the things I should underline, Carrie-Anne, it's so clear to you, but it's worth emphasizing. Why bother? What's the value of brand champions? And we've studied this extensively. Yes. And they're extraordinarily powerful for organizations and bring tremendous value. So brand champions are advocates for the brand. And that manifests in referrals of other like-minded employees advocating for product and service the company provides. They also, in our research, demonstrate a capacity to, to persist when they encounter challenges in an organization. They have more appetite for personal development. They tend to stay longer in an organization, more likely to participate in purchase backs, uh, um, share schemes, and other programming. So tremendous value from employees who are brand champions. I love that explanation of that quadrant. And I mean, just to remind our, our listeners that we will be placing a link in the show notes so folks can go and dig in and look at all the wonderful work that you have posted there and the reports and research. But Margaret, if there is anyone listening right now, any CMO who's listening, who may be questioning why bother with internal marketing, why should I think of incorporating internal marketing or an internal marketing strategy within my own marketing strategy, what would you say to them? Why, why is it important to do that in your view? I think you said it very well in the beginning when you emphasize that it's the employees who are keeping the promises. And in this era, customers and other stakeholders are savvy and they can discern if an employee is on board with your brand promise, whether it's frontline workers in retail or the colleagues creating the products and services, it'll produce a better customer experience. That's so fundamental. Another reason, and the CFOs and CEOs like this one, is um, because you have better retention, actually very cost-effective because employees stick around and contribute value in that process. They also are much better at bringing new ideas to the table and innovating on product because they are much more engaged. So there are a variety of financial metrics that suggest that engaging employees are powerful. I would highlight something that doesn't get enough attention, which is trust. When employees are engaged, when employees feel they, they are valued and that communication matters to them, there is more trust. And when employees have more trust in their organization, once again, many more positive benefits accrue to an entity. So building trust, which is such a difficult thing to do, that's a really powerful reason to be very thoughtful and to put resources into what you're calling internal marketing. Thank you, Margaret. I, I, I fully agree. And, you know, I think, first of all, the fact that you're able to provide a quantifiable impact for CEOs and CFOs would be very happy to know that. 
Uh, but it's so very, very important for us to recognize that engaging our employees as advocates of the brand uh, is, is also a very, very efficient way of marketing as well. When you think about all of what we have to spend and invest in our marketing resources to build the brand and drive growth, to know that you have brand champions who are on the team, who are great representatives of the brand, they're delivering on that brand promise, and they're even empowered enough to be advocates even among their own communities. I think it's just a wonderful, wonderful way to invest in marketing in a way that's far more effective and efficient. And Margaret, for those who are listening, who are likely convinced by now that internal marketing is really something we need to be investing more in as a company brand, as a business, what are some of the preliminary steps you believe a CMO can take to move their company brand in that direction? So the first step is get the facts. Conduct a survey like the one I mentioned, where you can ascertain what is the baseline in terms of advocacy at this moment in time. Second step is lead with purpose. We also have significant amount of data that across every generation, organizations that have a purpose have more brand advocates. So check that your purpose is resonating and is connecting emotionally with employees. Third step, articulate this employee value proposition, that which sets your organization apart. Beyond the table stakes of compensation and vacation and the sort of classic benefits, why should employees come and expend their energy and talent in your organization and what's unique about your ability to help them achieve their goals. And the fourth thing is simplify. Simplify your processes at every stage, from recruitment through to onboarding, through to benefits, and all the ways in companies need its employees to conduct their tasks. So that aspect of simplification revolves around the CMO as well as HR and other operations leaders collaborating to create an experience for the employees where they can essentially get their jobs done productively. And a bonus tip, create psychological safety. I know you believe in this, Kerri-Ann. It's the work of Amy Edmondson at Harvard Business School. And this idea that creating an organizational culture where it's okay, in fact, it's applauded for employees to provide feedback to the company and express their views. That's a bonus uh, requirement. But when you have that culture, it's just extraordinary. It's ability to unlock. And all of this comes back to internal marketing because it's around how you communicate, both in terms of delivering messages, but also let's not forget the listening part of communications as well. Wonderful, wonderful, Margaret. You know, and I, first of all, I love that you started off with research. Uh, if I may share, I remember when we wanted to get a sense of the level of employee engagement in the brand, particularly it was so insightful because we recognize that the vast majority of our team members, they liked working with the company. I mean, we have a very good culture, if I do say so myself, but 
while they were proud to work for the company, they weren't necessarily okay with our products and our services and never felt that they had enough information to be advocates of the brand. And it gave us an opportunity to address those issues through internal employee training and communication exercises that made them more au fait with what it is we had to offer so that they felt more empowered to be able to speak on the company's behalf, if even to their neighbor down the street. Uh, but it's, it's so many wonderful steps that you've just kind of summarized there for us, Margaret. And I do agree that safety is important because ultimately, if you don't have a culture where employees feel heard and feel valued and feel empowered enough to speak and to share their feedback, then you really can't hope to build the kind of brand champions that our organization can benefit from. If it is, we don't start from a place of having that wonderful culture. Uh, knowing that these are the steps that are important, Margaret, I know we're, we're coming down to the end of our conversation. And I know you touched on earlier about the CEOs and CFOs and some of the quantifiable benefits. I mean, how do we prove internal marketing success? Uh, if we could dig a little bit deeper into that, if there, if you want to share perhaps any metrics or measures. Anything at all that a CMO can use to get that leadership buy-in, yes, but to measure the ultimate success of their internal marketing efforts and strategies to the CEO and the CFO ultimately. Well, there are a variety of approaches to this. One of my personal favorites is the one I referenced in the beginning, which is do the survey, plot the employee population on each of those four quadrants, and essentially activate programs just like the programs you've described, and then come back and look at that baseline and see how you've moved the needle. Acknowledging that we want more people in the brand champions uh, quadrant. So that's fundamental, but essential. Look, it's very easy to sit down with HR and calculate what's the cost of hiring an employee and in, in all its facets, including the cost of and how long it takes to get an employee up to speed in doing their job. So you do that calculus and you measure that against an environment where you have more retention versus less retention. And the differential there is pretty powerful and very tangible. Then there are other aspects like referrals, employees referring other people to come work at the company, very concrete. Creating an employee referral program for clients as well, depending on the nature of the business. In B2B, that's quite a popular one. I think there are other things that are a bit more anecdotal, which is different lines of service leaders can quantify or at least take note of how many employees and how frequently they are coming with new ideas. Taking courses and growing in their professional development. Even the promotions, because that's all a proxy for doing a good job. So those measures can all ladder up to showing the value of an engaged population and brand champions. And in the study you referenced, Carrie-Anne, we've lots of metrics across different industries. So I would encourage people to take a look. Absolutely. And again, we will certainly include those links in the show notes. Uh, Margaret, we have had such a wonderful conversation and I'm so grateful for the many insights you've shared. And most importantly, I'm very happy to know that in all of your conversations with CMOs across the world, uh, the focus, the increased focus on employee engagement and the importance of employees as, 
advocates and champions of a company brand really, really makes my heart sing. Uh, but Margaret, I'm coming down to the penultimate question of our conversation here today, and I call it my final nugget, final takeaway, final gem, perhaps depending on the generation that you are, that's the nomenclature I would use. What would you say, Margaret, of everything that you would have shared, all the wonderful points, uh, what's the key takeaway that you'd love our audience to come away with having listened to everything that you would have shared? Number one, simplicity pays. Keep the processes simple within your organization and communicate accordingly. Number two, employees are the brand. Focus on them with the same intensity and energy you give to other stakeholders. And number three, the CMO today must be a collaborator. And one of the most important partners is the head of talent or indeed HR. I love that collaboration point uh, and, and working with your people team, people leaders, head of HR, uh, certainly a wonderful opportunity. But Margaret, thank you so very, very much uh, for those wonderful takeaways and for a great discussion. And of course, my final question, which is my traditional final question that I ask all my amazing guests is how can we, the internal marketing tribe, support you? Well, thank you for the question. I invite you, depending on your media of choice, to follow me on LinkedIn. I also invite your listeners to tune in to How CMOs Commit, the podcast where I essentially have recorded all of the conversations with hundreds of wonderful CMOs, including Carrie Ann, who was one of my guests. So those are two ways. Love the engagement on LinkedIn and love your feedback. Absolutely. And yes, folks, I encourage everyone to follow Margaret on LinkedIn. Wonderful content. And yes, do listen into the podcast. You know, it's really very wonderful that not only can CMOs enjoy the content that you share uh, through your LinkedIn content, but I think any marketer who really is interested in leveling up their game and understanding what marketing leadership across the world is saying and thinking and feeling. Uh, you certainly bring that to the table and everyone. Yes, Margaret is a LinkedIn top voice in marketing. So uh, you won't go wrong just following along and, and engaging with her on that wonderful platform as well. Margaret, thank you so very much for taking the time. I know you're very, very busy. Uh, so I really appreciate your taking the time to come and share your insights with us. It's been a wonderful conversation. Thank you, Carrie ann A distinct pleasure. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of the Internal Marketing Podcast. I'm sure you got some great takeaways from this conversation. And if you haven't already subscribed to the Internal Marketing Podcast, then please join the tribe. And don't forget to leave a review and share this podcast with anyone whom you believe will find it valuable valuable as well. I'm your host, Carrie Ann Stimson, and I look forward to your joining me next time.